Be good. It may not be obvious to you, listener, but sometimes I go through these intros again and again and again. I keep deleting and starting over and deleting and starting over. I'm going for it this time. I'm not going to delete it. I'm just rolling with it. Not real good at these, if you haven't noticed, but uh, they got to be done. You got to say what's happening. And today, what's happening is a really cool episode. Um brought to you by a friend of ours, Susanna Rigg, who is super cool. She lives in Mexico City. She's a travel writer and uh, just a thoughtful, interesting individual who pays attention to what's going on around her. That's what makes her such a good writer, I think. And she's awfully smart. But what she sent us today is a story about her life in Mexico City. And she's like downtown pretty much. Um, amongst millions of people, one of the biggest cities in the world that's been in lockdown uh, due to the coronavirus. And um, her story is about the changes that have happened to her sonically um, since this this crazy thing has gone down. And it's cool because we've been in her apartment. We've heard some of the sounds. And I'm, I'm into that sort of thing. I'm kind of always listening around to what the soundscape of any given place is feel real uh, real close to this one because a lot of the things she talks about are things that Tiffany and I heard and and thought about while we were there so it's cool to hear her and her um, fabulous uh, style talk about this very thing um, she talks about a uh, a taco stand across the street from her that I uh, did not eat in that taco stand because uh, she warned me against it, but they had a bathroom and I really needed to use it. And when I say they had a bathroom, the parking lot across the street had a bathroom. You give somebody 20 pesos and they let you go take a leak. And in that bathroom, I saw one of the most just broadly dangerous things I've ever seen involved in a restaurant slash t- toilet. <laughs> uh, it was a five gallon bucket white five-gallon bucket filled with water and uh, a volume of potatoes that would soon be uh, presumably used in the food out front, sitting, I don't know, two and a half feet away from the toilet. And there was a water heater element just dangling in that bucket, plugged into a just exposed socket like electrical outlet, no plate over it, nothing covering the bare wires. And there was no thermostat, no switch. It just was either plugged in or unplugged. And that was meant to, I guess, heat up, possibly boil these potatoes. It was so crazily dangerous. I mean, from never mind bacterium and getting you sick uh, and just, just being fundamentally gross because it's next to a toilet. Uh, it was just this bare wire kind of hooked up to a water heater element in a bucket 
and it was totally acceptable. It was wild. I was uh, impressed by the ingenuity and the cavalier attitude towards safety, and uh, it impressed me that Susanna had made the right decision in warning me away from eating at that place. Anyhow, I don't, that's not totally relevant to her story because her story is way better, but it is something that I think about when I think about her place, and she brought up the taco stand in her story, so there you go. Um, quickly, I'll update you on what we're up to. I'm going on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week to Tampa, Florida. Pele and I are going to hop on an airplane, fly down there, and pick up our van, which is currently on a big ship heading north and east to Florida from Costa Rica. So excited to uh, to be able to get that thing back. It's kind of weird to have it, uh, just not have it around. No, that's just sort of been sitting in the rain in Costa Rica. So I've got to get it back, do a little bit of work to it uh, to get it ready to drive across the country, and then I'll take it to California, and I'll go back to work, and then eventually we'll head east again to uh, go see family and friends and all that sort of stuff. Between my uh, return to California and our trip, I've got a couple or at least one surgery lined up for my heart. Um, and I should have mentioned the last time in our last episode, I kind of gave this litany of shit that's going wrong with me, but I did not impress upon anyone listening that I am actually all right. I got a lot of uh, concerned texts and emails from people who love me and it made me feel very, very, very grateful. I I generally feel kind of grateful, but I don't know. I just, I kind of forget that people like me and uh, I shouldn't because I get shown that all the time, but I just don't, it's not present in my brain all the time. And uh, people were worried like, Oh my God, it sounds like you're going through a rough time. I'm I'm actually fine. I'm okay. I feel all right. And I feel my chances are pretty good of coming through at least uh, if not a little better off than I am, at least not any worse off. So that I'll take that. So if you're out there worried about me, don't, it's cool. Thank you. Don't sweat it. I'm going to be okay. Um, what else? Uh, I feel like there was something and I never write this shit down. This is why I keep re-recording these, but I'm going to soldier through. If I forgot it, it must not be that important, right? Um, yeah, we're grateful for you, for our friends. Oh, how can I forget? I'm staring at this weird smoke filled sky, smoke filled sky in Northern California, there are still fires raging. There are people who are going to need help, uh, you know, during, I mean, hell before this, there were people that needed help up here from previous fires. That doesn't, that doesn't stop even, you know, a year after the fire, people still need help. But now there, I mean, I think there's over a million acres burned this year so far. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But, uh, yeah, we've got links up on our website to uh, places you can go to donate to help people who have been victimized by these crazy fires. And it's, it's a massive, massive area and lots of people. Um, so if you've got the, the will or the dollars or the concern, please uh, go to our website and click on any of these links that we're going to put up where you can help people. Some of it's for 
undocumented people who are here in the country working hard, trying to make it happen. And uh, there's not a lot of safety net for them. And they're just as deserving of it as anyone, I believe. So there's that. Um, and if you're interested in reading Susanna's writings, which I highly suggest, you can also find those. I'll link to that in the website as well. You can listen to our episode with her, which was almost exactly a year ago. And um, yeah, she's worth worth following because she's always into something interesting. Uh, and she'll make you want to travel. You'll put together some plans after uh, reading about where she's been. Um, and maybe one day we'll all get to travel again and uh, maybe have a little bit of renewed appreciation for that, that beautiful thing that is exploring. Okay, so I hope you enjoy this. I certainly did. When she sent it to me, she was very um, thoughtful about what she put together and how she presented it, and she did it on her phone. She just recorded herself reading her story, and I love it. I really, really love it. So without any more from me, here is our friend Susanna Rigg talking to you about sound. Until next time, adios. of the gas men in my corner of Mexico City has increased. I hear them daily, like a profane call to prayer. Gas, el gas. Each inventive in their call as if the customers are judging them on pitch and tone. I rarely heard the gas men before lockdown hit and we were told to stay home. Quédate en casa. Quédate en casa. Quédate en casa. The subsecretary for health would repeat three times on his daily press conference, as if somehow three really was the magic number to make us all stay home. The soundscape of Mexico City is an extreme one. Take London or New York and then turn the volume up a few decibels. The city is at once trendy and modern, high-tech and with its finger on the pulse, while also being traditional, low-tech and still functioning in some ways as it has done for decades, longer even. The knife sharpener still walks the streets, whistling the knife sharpener's tune. The call of the old metal buyers, Se compra colchones, is so iconic to the city that it has even been sampled in a club track. The garbage truck arrives with the sound of the bell being tolled so loudly that conversations have to be stopped as they pass by. Tamales Oaxaqueños are sold by young men, travelling by tricycle through the streets their call repeating from a speaker over and over and over. Tamales Oaxaqueños. Tamales Calientitos.
When the earthquake hit in 2017, destroying buildings, taking the lives of 370 people and pressing pause on a city that is always on go, we had silence for a few hours. But the following morning, the Tamal Sellers call echoed once again through the shocked city. The sound of ambulances and tamales Oaxaqueños, the city's edited soundtrack for a few days. For the first few weeks of the lockdown, in which those of us lucky enough to be able to stay at home, and in a country where almost 60% of the population work in the informal economy and live day to day, that was certainly less than half of us. The soundscape around my apartment changed. The Mexico City birds, which I've always thought must have genetically mutated to have bigger voice boxes, no longer seemed to need to shout to be heard. I would open my windows to birdsong that wasn't drowned out by passing trucks or the squeaking brakes of the open-top tour bus that no longer passed by my window, full of tourists that I would occasionally wave to. The external silence felt like a long, out-breath. My nervous system relaxed, even despite the pandemic panic. sounds in my building change too. In apartment blocks where city lives are already more on show than elsewhere, phone calls can become public affairs, arguments ricochet off the inner cube around which the apartments all sit, catching unsuspecting neighbours off guard, and your neighbour's lovemaking can wake you from your sleep. I became privy to the pandemic life as it was playing out for those in my building. I became enveloped in my neighbour's insomnia and choice to watch comedy movies and laugh through the night. I went a little crazy with the nightly rhythmic clunk, clunk, clunk of the newly purchased exercise machine situated right above my living room ceiling. And I panicked at the lack of social distance, of their party that went through the night and made me feel like they were dancing on my head. My street has also become a haven for karaoke, the apartment block over the way having some incredibly out-of-tune crooners among their stock. New sounds came into my psyche too. The sound of the rhythmic chop, 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 chop of the taco stand in front of my building that set up every weekday without fail during the whole of lockdown. Their custom dwindled to just the passing police and essential workers for a while. And yet they set up every day before sunrise, chop, chop, chopping the meat and cilantro. Tricycles selling sweet morning pastries, coffee and atole were also a sound that even never existed on my street before or now had been given space by the silence. They toot a clown horn from around 6am as they cycle through the streets offering breakfast to weary workers. After a few weeks of lockdown, the noises outside changed again. 
musicians who no longer had a people to play for in restaurants and bars took to serenading us in our homes. Some an unwelcome invasion of squeaky violins, others renditions of My Way or Besame Mucho by musicians so soul-achingly talented that they brought tears to my eyes. Us residents throw coins out to them from our windows, me always paranoid that I will hit someone or something as I throw. Another addition to the new soundscape are the fruit and veg sellers. Struggling to sell their products at markets, the sellers have armed up their vans with loudspeakers and sell their wares through the street. I'm at once impressed by their ingenuity and also dread the times that they park up for 20 minutes outside my window, telling me to grab the deal of the day. Aprovecha el oferta del día de hoy. Now as we seem to move back into a new normal, despite numbers still rising, the city is settling back into its old soundscape. Trucks pass by so loudly that I can't hear the phone call that I'm on. Drivers turn up at the 24-hour car park opposite my apartment and honk the horn continuously until they're let in at all hours of the night. The planes are back, the helicopters are more frequent and laughter from patrons of the taco stand filters in. And the gas men, who seem to have got into their stride, continue to show off their creative calls multiple times a day. De mañanita la cenaida sale temprano del tuburio. De mañanita la cenaida sale temprano del tuburio. Arremolina su tabaco y se va a vender fruto maduro. Arremolina su tabaco y se va a vender fruto maduro. Cenaida camina duro. Cenaida la chancletera. Cenaida fruto maduro. Sabe a cumbia, cumbia cumbia de mi playa. Tu fruta me sabe a cumbia, cumbia cumbia de mi playa. Y Senaida, baila mi cumbia, Senaida, baila mi cumbia, baila mi cumbia, Senaida, baila mi cumbia. Maduro, Senaida, la callejera, ey, negrita del 
sabe a cumbia, ay, cumbia, cumbia de mi playa. Tu fruta me sabe a cumbia, ay, cumbia, cumbia de mi playa. Y Zenaida, baila mi cumbia, Zenaida, baila mi cumbia. Eh. 